The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Where all those gray hairs come from? It's how long it's been since I've seen him. What's up, Chuck? Sure. See, I told you I'd wear the shirt. Right? Give these guys a second to get situated. Thank you, Jeff. I think he's on Dominican time. Testing. Are you friends with Marcos Devers? Uh, I'm friends with everybody. Talking All right. <laughs> I like the shirt. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I appreciate the shirt. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast, high atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and we've got a, uh, a great show for you today. I'm hoping this is going to be our highest rated show since we since we had the debates. Now, what we're our, I think our highest number on the debates was like 12,000. We're probably not going to hit that. Maybe not. No, but I think on the lowest side of the debates, I think three or 4,000 yep. on one of the district debates, and we'll probably hit that today, I hope. We've got a great show for you today. We've got an exclusive interview today uh, with here on the Paying Attention Podcast with uh, the Methuen Police Superior Officers Union. Now, what's great about this is the Globe tried to talk to them and get them to do an interview. The Herald tried to get them to do an interview. Channel 4, 5, and 7 tried to get them to do an interview. They said no to everybody. They said no to the Eagle Tribute, which, by the way, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And, and they said, no, you know what? The Valley Patriot, we sponsored the show. Um, you at least have always been fair with us, so we want to come on and, uh, and we want to talk about this, this whole controversy about the Police Superior Officers contract. And with me today, we've got uh, Greg Gallant, who's president of the Police Superior Officers Union. We've got uh, Joe Aiello. And what is your official title, Joe? You're Vice president. Vice president. And then we've got Jerry Flynn, a guy I've known for an awful long time, um, who is president of the Police Benevolent Association. Executive director, Tom. Exe- oh, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> the only people who care about titles are the people who have them. Yeah, Ever you, noticed that? I just don't well, want to be confused with the president. I I want you probably want to keep I your publisher you. title. Right? right. Well, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> So executive director of the Police Benevolent Association, and that is the, that is the national union that the, that the Methuen Police Superior Officers Union belongs to, right? right. So there's like, this, there's like the local union at the local level, then they belong to a state union, which belongs to a national union, which is you guys. So I thought it would be great to have you guys here um, because we have, I mean, as you know, for the last year, the rumors just run rampant, the lies run rampant, the accusations run rampant. Nobody knows what to believe. And, you know, I, I will call one of you guys and say, I heard this. Is that true? And you guys will say yes or no. Uh, I'll call the other side and say, I heard this. Yes or no. Is it true? And then I'll go on Facebook and, and try and put the truth out. But because there's no there's nothing on the record from you guys about a whole lot of anything. Um, I, I'm constantly just called a liar and I'm just I'm just defending you guys no matter what, because I love cops. Now, out of the gate, I'm just going to be full disclosure. I do love cops. I am pro cop. I've come from a cop family. And as far as I'm concerned, as a, as a general statement, if I had my way, I'd give these guys a million dollars a year. I mean, they're the ones running toward the bullets while the rest of us cowards are all running away. They're the ones that are running into burning buildings before the fire department gets there because they happen to get to the call first. 
And um, so as far as I'm concerned, they're all heroes. Uh, but uh, but that's, that's how I feel generally about cops. Let's talk a little bit about the police superior officers contract. And I think the, the biggest controversy over the last uh, at least couple of months going back to the election was you had a candidate running for office who was on the council that voted for your contract back in, what was it, 2013? 2017. 2017. Um, who said that there were two contracts, that she was hoodwinked, that the contract that the council voted on was not the contract that is now in effect or was in effect. So whoever wants to go first, I would imagine I'll Greg. Go first. Okay. Sure. Yeah, um, that's- how many contracts were there and how did we get here? Well, first, let me just say thank you for having us on the show. You were right. We haven't been really vocal about a whole lot. Um, However, we've been approachable. I keep telling people, if anybody has any questions, we have a Methuen Superior Officers Facebook page. People are more than welcome to join the page, uh, follow us, ask us any questions. We've always been you know, attempting to be as transparent as possible. There are certain things we're not going to be able to talk about due to the litigation that's coming up. But I would just say, if you're pro-union, if you're pro-police, you know, just give us the benefit of the doubt. Sorry. Just give us the benefit of the doubt. When everything goes to arbitration, everything's going to be talked about, everything's going to be discussed, and that's where you're going to start seeing facts. And once you see the facts, make your judgment then. I think one of the things that bothered me, and I said this to Mike Samard last night, who was nice enough to come by to the uh, TMF Family Dinner for the Homeless, um, you had city councils who voted for this contract that should have read what they wrote, read what they voted on. Majority of that city council had a, had a personal conflict of interest, but they voted for it anyway. You had a mayor who approved the, the contract. You had a city solicitor who at least approved it to form. You had a city auditor who went through it and was supposed to run the numbers and tell everybody what the numbers were who never did that. And yet you guys are the bad guys. And I'm still trying to figure that out because um, a lot of people seem to think that Methuen has a... Uh, a state takeover, or at least a semi-state takeover with the CAFO that, that they just brought in to oversee the finances of Methuen because of you guys. But it wasn't because no. of you guys. That's an Eagle Tribune myth that they like to tell. It was because the school department overspent by $4 million a year after they overspent by $2.8 million, which comes up to about six point eight somewhere in that, in that neighborhood. And you guys had a balanced budget that year. Well, not just balanced. I, we're proud of the fact that under Chief Solomon, we always actually give money back at the end of the year. We're very stringent with our budget. And when we you know, have extra funds, it always goes back into the general fund. And we've done that over several years. So how did we get here? I, I mean, let's just go through the timeline here. You guys negotiated a contract with the city, which means you negotiated a contract with Mayor Zanny. Right. Um, Police Chief Joe Solomon, I guess, was in on those negotiations because, as in every community, the police chief negotiates on, on behalf of the city. Um, I saw on um, the Methuen Onion uh, the parody website in Methuen that they were blaming Joe Solomon as self-dealing when the police chief Denaro and Haverhill negotiates their contract and the chief Lawrence, chief Vask negotiates their contract and the chief in Andover negotiates their contract. Yeah. So if it was self-dealing, I would imagine the AG would step in and put a stop to it in every community. And yet somehow they're making it look like something nefarious is going on. No, it's, it's not nefarious. But, you know, it's also it's people who aren't familiar with municipal collective bargaining who are making these comments. And, again, this is a conversation we can have in five minutes or if somebody wanted to make a phone call, we'd be more than happy to answer this. But the chief's role in bargaining is simply to regain management rights. Um, anybody in that role, you're going to make certain determinations, but you're just there for management rights. And that was Chief Solomon's role during the negotiations. He had no discussions whatsoever regarding pay or compensation. That wasn't his role. 
what he would do as protecting management rights is if we made the, you know, we made the ask that we want 12 weeks vacation, a management right would be, no, I need those officers, I need those supervisors on duty, I can't afford to give that, that's a management right I need to retain. Or right. if I made the ridiculous statement that I wanted to wear full BDUs or shorts in the summertime, he might say no because of the professional decorum of the department. Mm-hmm. That's a management right. I'm saying no to that. But that's that was his role. So there was nothing nefarious, at least from what, what you guys say, um, on behalf of the chief. The chief just negotiates on behalf of, of the mayor. And if the mayor says, no, I don't like this, then he's got to go back with you guys and he's got to renegotiate. Um, on, on your end, the accusation has been made that the, that the contracts were swapped. That the amount of money that was put into your contract after it was approved was then changed, and a whole bunch of stuff was added in, like, hey, they won't even notice this. No, it's we ridiculous. Won, it's we won a million dollars, <laughs> and, um, and then you guys stuck a contract in front of the council that didn't have that language in it. That's, that's insane. That's crazy. And you know what? The city knows that, and that's one of the reasons why we're here is because we're so tired of the city councilors presenting information that's just not correct. Not only is it not correct, but they know it's not correct, but they're continuing to say it. Right. When they talked about the emails, uh, they provided certain emails. There were maybe 20 emails between myself and Gary Nolan, the attorney for the NAPBA for Local 17. Maybe 20. But there were hundreds that I had on my private server. I just shared a few on the, on the city website, which really were irrelevant. Some of them might be... Uh, Joe, I can't make it to the meeting tonight. They include that in, in this, um, their evidence that they're saying is evidence. But as far as two contracts, no, they have the email where they see the contract going to city council. It's being disseminated to the city council and to Linda Gagnon, who was at the time the city clerk for um, the council. So they know exactly what contract they had, and they had it in plenty of time to review it. Not only that, they're also have possession of an email which states the contract was reviewed by different personnel within the city. So they know that information as well. So when they say that there were two contracts, I mean, that's just not true, and they know that's not true. Um, we can say it, but obviously people believe we're biased or you know they don't know what to believe. But we're willing to wait to arbitration, and we're going to show that during arbitration, and then they can discuss it then. So I saw the numbers in the Eagle Tribune, and it... it because Methuen's in the same position Lawrence was in 30 years ago. For some reason, people in Methuen Methuen read the Tribune, they believe what they read. And one of the reasons I started my newspaper is because half of what they print is is wrong. And so I read the Tribune story that you guys are going to be making $490,000 a year. Do you want me to talk about this one, Tim? I'll keep going. I'm on a roll. I I, I talk a lot. So so everywhere I go, do you think that these guys are worth $490,000 a year? It's more than the head of the Homeland Security director makes. It's it's more than all these other guys make. It's the highest in the the country. but we know that those numbers were wrong. What are the real numbers? What, what, are, the, what well, are the real numbers, what the average captain would have made under, the, under that original contract that the 2017 council voted for? See, here's the issue with that, and that's a good question, and I keep trying to answer this to people, and they have to really understand municipal bargaining, collective bargaining, when we talk about this, okay? What we do in a negotiation session is we talk about language. We had a presentation, and I have it here, uh, May of 17. Joe Aiello helped us put this together. We sat down. We had all the ideas. We had everybody in the union email us ideas of things they wanted for their contract mm-hmm. negotiation. We put it into a form, and then we present it during negotiation sessions, which were attended. Every negotiation session was attended by Ann Randazzo, Rick D'Agostino, Mayazani, and Chief Solomon. 
There were no negotiations that ever took place without those four people on the other side of the table. On my side of the table, we were represented by Joe Aiello and myself. Now, again, we're talking about language. Um, in any of the contracts we've ever done, we don't bring an accountant into the room with us. We're trying to get language into the contract. And of course, you know, we want things rolled into the base pay. Right. I think every union wants to try and get items rolled into the base pay. And that's what we did. Now, you know, Attorney D'Agostino might say he wasn't aware of this language or that language. Well, we're more than willing to wait to arbitration and then present his bargaining notes, where his bargaining notes and the bargaining notes of the other members on their side of the city side, on that side of the table, recognize everything that we talked about, every benefit that was discussed, every item that was rolled into base pay was agreed upon, noted in their notes, and passed forward. Now, let me just say this, too. But what are the real numbers? The people at home want, like, what, what's the bottom line? What are the real numbers? Are, 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 were captains under that contract right. going to make $490,000 a year? Well, we've never demanded that money. We've been more than willing to come in and sit down with the city council. Um, we've never had a, a CPA. The city has the CPA or has the auditor that runs the numbers. And it's the city's job to provide the financial impact statement with the contract for the city council. They didn't do that, but it's not the union's priority to hire a, an accountant to go with that contract and present it before council. Um, people, I, but I, people at home are, are going to be sitting there saying, come on, you don't know what you're going to make. You don't know what you negotiated. Come I know. On. Listen, if people want to talk about that, I know you can look at this contract and when you see the language that's rolled into the contract, you know there are going to be benefits. Right. But again, we've never been unwilling to sit back down and try to resolve this. The issue then at that point is the city being unhonest or dishonest, I'm sorry, about what the other bargaining units in the city made. Uh, we, Steve Saber, Councillor Saber, talked about the other bargaining units taking zero, two, and two, and that's all we're going to give the superiors. Hold on. Do we have that graphic that, that I sent you? Let's pull that up. Um, so before we came in... Well, before uh, you show that, let right, me just ahead. say one of the reasons why we've been a little quiet and we haven't really been very vocal is we're not trying to bring other unions into this fight. Right. Um, you know, I'm, a little, little too late, though, at this point, I think. Well, we've tried everything. We don't want to bring other unions into this fight. I've been in unions since I was 18. I'm a strong supporter of unions. I'm an advocate for our guys and for police work in general. I never want to bring another union into a fight that we have right now. We're big boys. We can handle it. But, you know, when a city councilor says everybody else got zero, two, and two, that's just not true. Right. And when they well, he's, finally... He's, he's good at lying. Well, I don't want to say that. I will. Um, it, it could be a negotiating tactic. It could right. be a tactic to get us back into the room. I would never say something like that. But I will say uh, it's been very difficult trying to get public records from the city or to try to prove our point because we work with everybody in the city. I've been in the city 26 years. Joe's been in 27 years. We, kn we know what the other employees get. We know what the raises are. Everybody talks about this. Right. So when he was saying zero, two, and two, we knew that absolutely wasn't true. And it wasn't until we started getting um, disclosures for litigation that we have the real numbers. And I won't say the bargaining unit because I don't want to bring other unions into this. But this one bargaining unit is at 15%. This other bargaining unit was at 17, 18%. That's the one you gave us? I gave it to you. And uh, some of the member that that's one of the members in that union got 21%. Right. Let's pull that up so people can see that at home because... I know that people just will continually accuse me or you guys of lying, so we want to look at the actual numbers. So this is, this is one particular union. We won't say which one it is. 
And for the fiscal 19 contract, they got a 10.59% raise. And for the 2020 contract, they got a 9.94% raise. That doesn't sound like zero, two, and two. No, that's not zero, two, and two. And so if you're going to try to negotiate, you really have to start with, as Mayor Perry says, you need to start with data and facts. And if you're going to make decisions regarding this, especially you know, something as important as facing litigation, you want to do so with data and facts. And you want to share those data and facts with the public. And the fact that the city council's, you know, just recently has started admitting this, but for so long, for two years, been saying zero, two, and two, I can understand the public's perception that, you know, we're bad people or that we're not willing to compromise, more than willing to compromise, more than willing to sit down. But, you know, it's difficult for me now to go back to my members and say, take zero, two, and two, when they know for a fact other unions didn't. Right. So, so I mean, um, you know. Jerry Flynn. And Tommy, I think that uh, someone who's been on the Joint Labor Management Committee uh, under three different governors, you know, uh, there's a set patent of wages, and that's what happens in municipal uh, unions, with, when, and specifically the JLMC, when you're talking about police and fire contracts. They're the ones, if there's, a, if there's an issue, then you, go to the, you file with the JLMC. Right? This union didn't file there. They negotiated a contract to ensure that their members would be given a fair and equitable part. Now, if you look at the patent of wages, once once it, um, one department in the city is set up, that's the patent of wages that's been set. So, in inst for instance, if, and I'm not saying this happened in this case, but if the fire department went in and got 10, 10, and 10, mm. well, that is the patent of wages, and that's what we would be looking for. That becomes for. the bottom standard for exactly. all the other contracts. Exactly. And, you know, what's happened over in the course of this case here is that they negotiated in good faith. It's like Nancy Pelosi said, don't, worry, don't read about the Obamacare. Just right, sign it. Right. Well, that's what they did in this we case. We're going to pass it before we find out what's in it. That's exactly right. And, and now they're trying to take our members and put them at, you know, that there's somebody, you know, went there in the middle of the night with a, a, a stocking over their head and, and stuffed the pillows. That's not what happened here. They negotiated a contract in good faith with the understanding that the mayor and all the other city officials sat down and negotiated this to themselves. And getting back to the issue of the chief, I've negotiated probably more contracts than anybody in the state. And I can't tell you how many times, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that a chief is not in the room negotiating along with them. And as, as the president pointed out, you know, he's there to ensure that his, you know, you don't want to, some guy says, hey, I want to wear shots, like he said. And, and that's what he's there for. He's not, and, and you know, there's a lot of other um, departments, all, most of them are all strong chief departments that are tied into uh, pay raises. But that's not, uh, that's not his role. His role has been, and specifically been in this, in this issue, is about what they talked about earlier. So, And in most cases, most chiefs, in fact, I think all chiefs, but I'm going to say most because there might be one guy that doesn't, um, the chiefs get a, a bump in pay when the underlings in his department get a bump in pay. And that's standard in whether it's Lawrence, Correct. Worcester, Boston. So this, this, this um, theory, this fake theory by the Sabre clan and the McCarty clan that this is somehow self-dealing and, and that, that Chief Solomon did something wrong um, is just factually not true. It's, it's amazing people in Methuen think that Methuen is so unique that they do things nobody well, else Let me just done. say this too. Chief Solomon, as a chief, his his compensation isn't based off of the superior's compensation. It's his compensation is off of the patrol, patrolman contract. Um, and, and another point that people are missing, the negotiating party for the city of Methuen is the mayor. If the mayor had any will intent or, or you know, in a, a, 
was trying to do something shady, he doesn't need to bring in other people to help him negotiate. Right. As the chief negotiator for the city, the mayor himself can negotiate. There have been, you know, in other municipalities, the only person negotiating is the mayor. And he's negotiating with the different bargaining units. There was no reason for Mayor Zani to have anybody else in the room. If he had something shady he wanted to do, he could have brought just himself. He didn't have to bring the other parties into the room. Right. But he had two solicitors, two right. attorneys with him. And Tommy, on that point, I was the president for 10 years, the Lowell Police Patrolman Junior. And the chief there, and up until including uh, Ed Davis, you know, they got... Whatever the whatever percentage was, two and a half times whatever a patrolman makes, or whatever the whatever the equation was, that's what his contract was signed into. Well, that's no different. You wouldn't want a patrolman making more than the chief of police, and right. that's why you know he's got the responsibility, and he you know right. that's what he's doing. I think what a lot of what we hear is that there was sleight of hand. That um, that yes, by the way, factually it is zero two and two. What you guys negotiated was zero two and two, but because. This is the first time in your contract that you, and I didn't know that the term stacking was invented by Tom Kelly, so we'll just use that. Um, up until this contract, things like your, the Quinn bill and uniform allowances weren't considered part of the base pay. And what you guys did with this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, other departments have that, right? Right. Well, yes. Joe, you want to talk about Quinn well, bill? As far as, as far as the Quinn bill is concerned, it should be included in for all, all encompassing purposes as far as our pay is concerned. So if I have a associate's degree, bachelor's degree, or master's degree for the people that don't know what the Quinn bill is. It's just your educational incentive. And for all prop, and there is case law around this that basically when Quinn came out in, uh, the Quinn bill came out in the 1970s, it was going to be basically your base pay plus that college incentive. For any type of benefit that we would receive, that college incentive is, has to be included in before any other type of uh, calculations are made. And that wasn't being done in Methuen for forever. So what, so what you guys are saying, and I try to explain this to people, but I don't do it well, um, is that up until this contract, the Quinn bill wasn't considered part of your base pay. So if you got a zero, two, and two, it was less than really zero, two, and two uh, because the Quinn wasn't, it wasn't included. So in this contract, you guys tried to include that as part of your base pay. Right. And you included other things like uniform allowances and stuff like that, which, which is why there was suddenly a jump. Well, the Quinn bill was a big part of it. But the, again, what Joe was saying is right. Since 1970, when it was first formed, the Quinn bill was meant to um, invite college-educated police officers into the profession. Right. And by definition, Quinn bill compensation is base pay. Methuen's never done that. We tried to correct it with this contract. This case law, as Joe said, other unions within the state have been fighting that. And unfortunately for those communities, they go three years back and they get compensated for that money that has been not spent correctly. We've often had this argument with um, the city auditor at the time. Again, I'm trying to not say, you know, I don't want to. But we've often had this argument with the city auditor at the time about Quinn Bill being rolled into the base pay where it should be legally. We didn't want to have to go to litigation over that, but they just refused. So we had that addressed in this contract. It's weird because I know Steve Zani. And... Forgive me, Steve, if you're listening or Jane, if Jane is listening, but that guy is the most miserly human being I've ever met in my life. I think he still has the first dime he ever made. He's the That guy has pinched more pennies in his lifetime, whether it was his money or the city's money or anybody else's money. And I can't even imagine a guy like Steve Zani, knowing him the way that I do, that he's sitting in a room and rubbing his hands together going, yeah, now we're going to screw the taxpayers and give the cops $490,000 a year. Uh, but getting back to the, to the number, I... I I think people still want a number. And even if it's an estimated number, people still want a number. And we know it's not 490, so give us something. 
I mean, I'd love to give everybody that number. And, and you know, like, what would the average be? Like, if, if you just averaged it out, you don't have to, like, do all the calculation. But if you just averaged it out, it, what, would the, what would the average captain's pay go up? Again, I, I, you know, I'd love to give everybody a number, but that's something that's going to have to be decided during litigation. Because during litigation, they're going to well, – I know, you're going to keep – are you getting those – everybody's popping Yeah, they're kicking the crap out of you guys, but we'll get to it. That's yeah. all right. We're used to it. The, um, you know, everybody wants a number, but you got to keep in mind what we negotiated was language. Mm-hmm. We didn't negotiate a final number. We didn't attach a wage schedule to this. Um, none of our contracts we've ever done have contained a wage schedule which would just be the salaries based on the back. But I'd invite you to take a look at every city contract. No city contract has been including a wage schedule. Um, And again, that's really not the union's position to do a wage schedule. That's up to the city to do a wage schedule. So if people want a number, I would suggest they contact the auditor or the CAFO, and I'm sure they'll be able to supply them with a number. Um, But, you know, what we're talking about is is language. And yes, we, we negotiated language. We negotiated legal benefits such as Quinbell that are supposed to be into the base pay, which Methuen hasn't done in 20 years. And, and keep in mind, that's 20 years that we've given up of that benefit. For, for the last 20 years, we haven't earned what we legally had a right to do, and we never took the city to litigation over that. Other communities did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've taken, and won, by the way. And, yes, and yes. won. Yeah. And, and we've been more than willing to take zeros in the past. I brought it up to city council, I think, last year, where over the last 12 years, we took five zeros. And during the 2010 housing crisis, we actually took furlough days to save the city money. So we've always been willing to sit and help the city and sit down and talk to the city. Um, you know, if people want to talk about a number, let's talk about the MOU that we came to an agreement with. I understand the city council didn't want to say okay to that because there was some mistrust issues at the time with the city negotiator. But imagine how difficult that is if you're a union supporter out there to have to negotiate with not just the mayor, who you should be negotiating with, but nine councillors who now want to say in the negotiations. Right. And you well, know... They all, they all think they're the mayor. They all think the mayor works for them. They all think you guys work for them. Right, but you know it's very difficult to, to be a bonding unit and have to negotiate with somebody knowing that they might not okay it in, in appropriation because of a personal bias, whether it's against us or against, I can't picture anybody having a personal bias against Joe, maybe me, but not Oh, Joe. no, he's, he's got his detractors. Does I, he? I talked to one last night. <laughs> but, does. you know, it's a very difficult environment to be able to, you know, negotiate contracts. Tommy, so, let me just tell you, too, you know, in, just as a point of reference for the listeners, is that, you know, the Quinn bill, as it's so-called, was Attorney General Robert Quinn, I. So this came from a management standpoint that people were uh, being hired that weren't either educated. Uh, you had this, uh, you know, guerrilla mentality where you, there was a lot of lawsuits for uh, police brutality back in the '70s, mm-hmm. what have you. So Quinn come up with this formula that you would get ten percent as for for associates, twenty percent, and I think it was back in the day it was thirty percent for uh, masters. That's gone down to twenty five percent. So. All those groups, everybody who's gotten that, and including the community that I came from, that goes into your retirement. Every place that happened. So not only have these guys lost money, but the guys who have came before them who went and retired for the last 10 years, their, their pensions have gone down significantly because they weren't credited with that time, nor were they credited with that money. So, you know... They could be going and say, we want to go to court and take you and take the town back, or the city back. For back for, pay. Back pay, absolutely. And don't, let's not forget, when our good friend Deval Patrick decided to get rid of the Quinn bill, a, a Democrat, got rid of the Quinn bill, 
We had to go into every community and fight to get back. And we had to take zeros to give us half. Now, the cities could, would say, okay, we'll take half. And then you could take a zero. Or you t- we'll give you three more zeros and we'll give you the other half. So, you know, this was collective begging, not collective bargaining. And, this, and, and from where their standpoint is, I think they get a, a strong case of what happened for the last 10 years. All right. So, so now, uh, recently, and you know, I have uh, Neil Perry on because you guys sponsor the show. And thank you for that. Uh, we had Neil Perry on, the mayor of Methuen, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he said that after the, uh, after the Sabres fed that story to the Eagle Tribune about the emails that you guys have kind of walked away from the negotiating table, I would love to get you guys together with Neil Perry, whether it was on this show or anywhere else, and, and try and find a way to negotiate this so that everybody is at least happy with something in the contract. Are you guys willing to sit down with the city and say, hey, look, you know, we're, we're here. We're not looking to bankrupt anybody. We think that we've been screwed in the past. We'd like to somehow try to find a way to rectify this. Are you guys willing to do that? Because if you guys are walking away, it's just going to cost everybody more money, and the city looks bad for longer, and there's more headlines. And it's just bad for everybody. Well, like I said, we've always always been willing to sit down and listen and, and sit down and discuss this issue. Uh, you know, again, people are talking about the number. Listen, we never fought for that number. We tried to come to a resolution with the MOU. We actually sat down when we didn't have to with Sean Cronin from the DOR, and Sean had a proposal. We accepted the proposal. We thought it was fair. And the mayor thought it was fair. He brought it to city council, and city council said no. And they went on with that whole story again of zero, two, and two. And, you know, you're, you're handcuffing us. We can't cut captains. We can't do this. Well, of course, we're going to try and protect our members. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with other than that. We're just advocates for our, our members and management of the police department. We thought we needed those bodies. Now, you know, whether or not we'd go back in, I, listen, I have a lot of respect for Mayor Perry. I, I'm, I'm hopeful for the job that he's going to be able to do for Methuen. I think he's very qualified, and I think he's, uh, my discussions with him have been brief, but I was impressed. Um, and, and same thing with, you know, we, we'd be more than willing to sit down. The issue is, since this issue has come up, really people haven't given us the benefit of the doubt. There's a lot, we're not normally very talkative people. We don't like to do shows we don't talk to the press a whole lot. We just stay within our little thing and do our job 24-7. Um, but, you know, we're asking for people to give us the benefit of the doubt. But over the last two years, rather than go through the process, again, if a union has an issue with a contract or a city has an issue with a contract, there's a process. You grieve it. It goes to the second step. It goes to arbitration. And that's the steps that we've been taking when we believe in that. The city... Uh, and I, I don't want to say the city. The city, some of members of the city council mm-hmm. have just been constantly attacking us. Right. And, um, you know, like I said, zero, two, and two, when they knew that wasn't true, uh, they tried the whole two contract thing. They've, uh, they've attacked our families. They've, they've not only, that, not only that, us. but Jim McCarty, city councilor in Methuen, um, accused you guys of being part of a quote. Criminal conspiracy. No, see, now that's how, just how do, you, how do you guys let that go? Because I'd have him in court the next day. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, again, I think we're confident in the fact that we're going to arbitration. Now, you said, you know, would we be willing to sit down? Yeah, we'd be more than willing to sit down. Unfortunately, I think with this environment where we would have to be negotiating with nine different people who uh, have different agendas, it's just not... It's just not sustainable. Mm. However, when it does go to arbitration, everybody's going to be able to see the facts. Everybody's going to see the negotiating notes. Everybody's going to see the contracts that went up. And everything would be presented in a non-biased, non-political forum. 
And so, again, I would just ask everybody to please just be patient. I know it's difficult. I know it causes a lot of stress in the community. But you know. I think if you guys could give the public a number and say, even if it was, even if it was just a, a round approximate, and say, I'm just going to make up a number. Hey, look, 490,000 was wrong. It's really 385, right. or it's close to 385 on yeah. an average. I think I think that would allow people so to I mean, be more open minded and give you more of the benefit of the so doubt I mean, if they had a number to look at. I think the the thing is, and you can look at you know Council McCarthy. I mean, to come out with that kind of vulgar comment to call uh, you know basically calling criminals. Yeah. You know, not and, basically. Well, he came, right, is, out and said right, it. He right. came right out and said it. Yeah. And I tell you what, if I was a, if I was any one of you guys, I would be in court the next day. Uh, let me let me just because that this. creates a hostile work environment and they accuse you guys yeah. of committing a felony. Let me, let me just tell you this: that you know, there's a there's a clown like that who's a police commissioner up in Portsmouth. We just went at it with him. Um, I watched that. Good job, by the way. Yeah, on thank that. you. Well, you know what? This fellow and and a couple of other guys uh, on this council. You talk about fake news and uh, all this stuff. They, they, not only are they coming out with stuff that's off the charts. They're also putting out people who work in this community. They're family members. They they've uh, done all sorts of stuff that's way over the top. And I'm gonna from from our perspective. And again, we, we have to sit down and work with the local. But I'm telling you right now, we're not gonna sit and take it anymore. And I'm telling you, know, these guys are getting beat up every day for doing their job. And you know what? They don't deserve it. People like Councilor McCarthy and the other guy who's supposedly a police officer in, in uh, Lawrence comes out with some ridiculous thing about having police officers be able to work in that community. What is he trying to do? Fill his own? Listen, worry about Lawrence. Let these guys worry about what's going on in uh, Methuen. It must be disheartening having a Lawrence police officer coming in on the city council, a guy who understands what you guys are going through, who is a superior officer himself, just constantly attacking you guys. And, I, and I'm referring to Mike Samad in case anybody wants yeah. to. What's his agenda? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Neither I, don't, do I mean, I actually do know, but I don't want to speak for him. So, Yeah, you know, we, we try and get along with all the brothers and sister officers in every municipality that surrounds us. Uh, we've always had decent relationships, I think, with every community that we work with. Um, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time talking to Councilor Samad, and I haven't really talked to him much previously before this. I'd love an opportunity to sit down with him. I know I discussed that with a few people, so we could try and see if we could. You haven't even sat down with him yet? Well, we reached out to him, but no, we haven't had an opportunity to sit down. So where do you guys go from here? You're going into arbitration. Uh, explain what arbitration is, because a lot of people don't understand what that means. Well, as far as arbitration is, is, is that we've exhausted our steps as far as the, um, well, there, there was unfair labor practices that took place when they, the city failed to pay the contract as it's supposed to be paid. Then, well, can I, just yeah, say, sure. I mean, that's part of the, what we're talking about. When people say, well, why haven't you sat down? Why haven't you? We really haven't talked a whole lot about the steps that the cities take to try to put pressure on us and try to, you know, whether it's negotiating tactics or just general dis, dis, dishonesty. There's been several, and we've actually um, reached out to HR. We filed a workplace, a hostile workplace environment. We never received a reply on that. In fact, it was used the next day. At Councilor McCarty used it at a uh, campaign rally. He he laughed about it. He thought it was funny that we filed a hostile work environment. You know, but there's been a constant barrage of little tiny things. And again, some of it's outrageous. Some of it calling uh, my members criminals. Listen, criminal conspiracy is just the most outrageous thing I've ever heard. We've done multiple contracts, bargain in good faith. I'm a 26-year veteran. You can come and take a look at my personnel file. You know, I'm proud of the fact that I have, you know, integrity and that I have professional standards. And I'm proud of the fact that Joe has that. And my members have that. If we 
were ever showing a lack of integrity, I wouldn't be able to do what I do for a living. I wouldn't be able to testify in court. I have to raise my hand and tell the truth. I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, if I say something, it has to be the truth. And so that, that, that whole word, criminal conspiracy, what he's trying to, it's, it's um, disgusting. It's disgusting. What do you think their end game is? What is their end game? I mean, it seems to me like if you sat down with Mayor Perry tomorrow, you guys came to an agreement, you guys decided to give up half of what you originally wanted, and the city said, okay, we'll eat the other half, and they brought it to the council, those councilors still vote no. Like Christ could descend into the council in the council meeting room and say, "Put your fingers through my put your fingers through my hands." You know that it's me, and this is a good contract, and they're still voting no. That's why we have Jerry. <laughs> you know that, that that gets back to the point. Tommy, you spoke about it a few minutes ago. Uh, you know they've already negotiated a deal that the mayor, who's the chief negotiator for the city, agreed to. Right. A subsequent deal from the first one, and what happened? They go back to the the people who have nothing else but vulgar and hate in their heart calling people, you know, criminals to shoot it down. I mean, I don't think that, honestly, I don't think there's anything that we can do to assure that there'll be a, and that's why we're in arbitration. And, you know, I've, I've been on the tribe panels where you, there's one person from management, one person from the union, and a neutral. And that works. That's how the JLMC works. Or they go to strictly one arbitrator who listens to the facts, and he's a finder of fact. He looks at it and comes up with his decision based on it. And then they're going to say, oh, we can't. We don't have the money to pay that. Right. So two questions. The arbitrator's decision is final. Is that binding? And ar- and binding? It's binding. Okay. So now let's say you guys go into court and you win. And you win everything you're asking for. The city doesn't have the money, which means they're going to have to lay off cops. How does that help? Well, I mean, you know, at the, I think during am the I wrong about, am, am I wrong for us? Am I wrong about well, that? Well, I, I, Tommy, I, I think s- if you look at it, getting back to that other contract that we just talked about, the mayor obviously talked to the, this mayor obviously talked to his people in the finance thing, can we pay this? So there's also always, right now, an ability to pay. Otherwise, he wouldn't have agreed to this last contract. So if that's agreeable to the guy who's the chief negotiator and his people who are the finance people, then why isn't it okay for the council? They have their own agenda. They want to, excuse my language, but kick the shit out of the cops because they have their own political agenda. I also, I also, and, and it's, I also it's, think it's a distraction from the fact that there's $6 million missing out of the school department and nobody's asking for police, for teacher contracts and administrator contracts and a list of all the people that were hired while they were, while there were $6 million in the red. And and I, I and I tried to explain this to somebody last night. Even if you guys were horrible on everything that you did and did everything wrong, you, there was still money in the budget to pay you. You guys well, did. You that's... guys didn't overspend your budget. It was the schools, and nobody's asking those questions. Well, not only did we not overspend our budget, our our department is the only department that's been cut over the last two and a half years. Our department saw two point eight million dollars cut out of our budget when other budgets in the city got increases. So we've actually been doing more with less. And, um, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of people want to take a look at that. And maybe people are discussing us too much. And maybe our process is an arbitration process. It really shouldn't right. be that, that involved. And I don't know why, you know, I, I understand. Listen, we're not the ones that put that number out there. We're not the ones that started saying those large numbers. That was the city side. And I honestly think that was a negotiating But time. I think if you guys could come up with a number, it would, it would help your case. And that's why I keep pushing, because that's what people keep pushing me. People on Facebook, and you see them, they attack me. You right. just love the cops. You're with them no matter what. What's the real number? Is it 490? So they're gonna st- the public is going to stick with 490 right. until you guys give them a different number. What is, what is the average captain making right now? 
That, that you must know. Yeah. The, I mean, here's the other issue, okay? So when I talked about some of the issues that the city's been attacking us with, one of them is the fact that they're not even paying the old contract correctly. They arbitrarily just decided to pay us 2014, 2017 rates, and they're not even doing that legally. Um, you know, and, and then they cut our pays without even discussion or having a meeting with us, which is a violation of the 150 uh, fair labor law. So, you know, right now we're getting the same rate that we got from 2014 to 2017. And it's, it, yeah, I actually saw that question. I came, when I was coming in, I saw somebody ask that question. Right. Something about a, a bird, how the bird flies, the swallow. It was from Monty Python. It's like 40 miles an hour. But they were talking about um, what we make right now. It's not 400,000. I'm not getting paid 400,000. The city refused you know, to pay me even according to the old contract, which for a captain is 107, which um, I think that's about $2,000 more than the highest pay patrolman. So right now it's about 107. Right. Okay. And so under this contract, there's no way it goes up to 490. Even, even if you stack everything in, there's no way it goes up to 490. That's, well, again, I, the person to that's ask... A 400, that would, that's a 300% raise. <laughs> the person to ask would be the CAFO, the auditor, because that's the position that actually does the wage schedules. And if you know, if we had an issue with a wage schedule, we'd file a grievance, we'd go to arbitration. I haven't seen a wage schedule yet from the CAFO. I've seen multiple ones from um, Tom Kelly. I've seen multiple ones floating throughout the city, but nothing has ever been presented to us for a wage schedule that we could even take a look at because we've never gotten that far. We're still arguing about whether or not they're going to honor some of the language in the contract, which they've refused to honor. And again, it's a violation of 158. It's a violation of the fair labor law. They just arbitrarily decided to pay us a number. And you know, at the same time, though, they're honoring things in other contracts that we asked for in ours. And uh, other bargaining units. What would you be happy with if Neil Perry came in today yeah. and sat down with the three of us? That would be enough for me. And said, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but if he came in and he said, okay, what will make you guys happy? Like, give me, give me a number. Give, me, give well, me something that will make you guys happy. And I'll bring it to the council and I'll try and get, get you well, the I mean, votes. As we said earlier, I mean, you're talking about whatever the patent of wages has been set. And they have been set. So we're not asking for anything more on the percentages other than what other departments have gotten. Right. And I think if you, and as they pointed out, you'll look at some of the language stuff. You know, the old, the old cliche used to be when you can't get money, you get language because right. communities didn't have it. Right. Well, everybody's doing pretty well. And you know what? They're still working on a contract that was four years old. We have an audience question from Mark. Had a question. I was hoping you'd text it to me, but what is the question? You kind of stole my thunder, but just to echo what Tom was saying, people are really concerned about a number. Right. But with it being in arbitration, to talk about a number is... Well, yeah, I mean, again, I... What what Tom brought up is what's current. Right. So we know as taxpayers what you guys are making now. Yeah, so let me be totally because transparent. There's no sense in talking about the number until it's arbitrary. Right. So let's, for, to be totally transparent, you know, it's so difficult when people ask that question. Because as you know, some people have posted our wages with overtime and details. Right. So when we have a conversation like this, are we talking, do you want to know my base pay? Do you want to know what I make for a night differential? Do you want to know what I make for overtime? Do you want to know what I make for details? I mean, that varies. To be honest with you, we have some members who don't want to work overtime in details. They want to spend that time with their family. We have other members who, you know, they're the primary breadwinner in the family, and they do work the details in overtime. So it varies. I will say this, however. We've accumulated um, 
wages, including overtime and details. When ours was posted, we, we went around and we asked other cities and municipalities for their overtime and details. And there's a neighboring municipality, again, I don't want to bring other unions into this, who have sergeants, and one of their sergeants made more than 11 out of 12 of my sergeants. So comparison-wise, we're not overpaid. It's very difficult. Now, if somebody said to me, what's your base pay right now? My base pay right now is $107,000. And again, that's for a captain, typically on average 25, 26 years with a master's degree. Now, the issue right now is the highest paid patrolman with you know, his pay, with his benefits, is 106. Now, I have other benefits that go into that, but it varies by person to person. It depends on the amount of time in the department. It depends on their, if they're working nights, they have night differential. It depends on their Quinn education. So it's really difficult to answer that question. Court time, overtime. Right. And that's why when we're bargaining contracts, we're looking at language. We're looking at, you know. Maybe, when you say you're looking at language, what you're really saying is you're not looking at numbers. We're not looking at numbers. We're not looking at numbers because the numbers vary from person to person. For you, depending on your degree and whether or not you work nights, it might be different from me. So. And I understand this is difficult for the CAFO, and she's going to have a lot of work ahead of her. But when she prepares a wage schedule for the various departments, say patrolman's union is 71 personnel, she needs to do 71 different wage schedules. So when, as a union representative, somebody asks me for what I'm making or one of my members is making, it, it's so varied, it's very difficult. And I'm not trying to be dishonest. I'm not trying to be difficult. I can tell you what the base pays are, and then if you give me a set of criteria, I can tell you what the other things are. And if somebody wants to reach out to us, uh, Methuen Police Superior's, Superior Office's Facebook page, they can send us a, a question. You know, we're not trying to be difficult. It's just a difficult question. We have somebody online says, it, but it's pretty easy, guys. Just look at your W-2. Yeah, exactly. But again, what ask? What are you? What's the question? Are you asking for my overtime and details? Because my overtime and details are going to be on the W two. Right. And I think the other thing people don't understand is, and I only know this because my dad was a cop, is he would work a detail um, at a nightclub or at Verizon or at a construction site. That's not paid by the city. That's paid by Verizon or the construction site of the nightclub. Right. And so they pay the city. The city right. ends up paying you after they take taxes. Well, Tommy, the, you know, the other part of that is so that's not coming you know, we'll, out of. We'll, probably the only department in any community that actually gives money back to those details. You see them make that they get an administrative, the, the city gets an administrative percentage of 10% for every job. So 10% of whatever they are working, the town, the city right. gets that. Right. So, you know, you can go back and you, in history, you can say, okay, I mean, I have a, I have a group and I'll just tell you this, that a patrolman making over 107,000. And then from there, a sergeant get 20% more than that, 12% for a Lieutenant and another, uh, 10% for a captain. So if you take those percentages, these guys are so grossly underpaid at 107,000. It's ridiculous. At 107,000 right now, a, a new rookie police officer in the Massachusetts State Police trooper is making more than them. Wow. Right. Now, to, now to, again, to be transparent, it's 107 base and there are other benefits that get rolled into that. I don't right. want somebody thinking that, you know. Well, I heard Jim McCarty say one day, anything. I want to know how much, uh, just pick a captain. I want to know how much did he make last year? And you can't add that in because when you have detail time that doesn't come from the city and you've got court time and you've got all these other things, that it, it's very misleading. And I would argue that they're purposely misleading, but that's just my, my well, view. So let me, let me say this because <clears> I go on a rant about this too sometimes. 
Okay, details. When Jeremy was talking about before, we get language sometimes in place of compensation. Details is one of the languages that we've often gotten in place of compensation. A lot of times when the city didn't have the funds to pay us adequate compensation, something comparable, they would say to a bargaining unit, well, we're going to increase your detail rate a dollar an, an hour because the company will pay you and I don't have to pay you, right. so that saves the city money. But you're still making the money. I'm still making the money, right. but I have to go and work a second job to right. do that because we see details and overtime as a second job. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't want to have to go out and work those type of hours. And I see guys sometimes, we have to tell the guys, listen, you can't work those detail and hours because you have to make sure that you're physically and mentally capable to do the job. Right. So we put restrictions on that as supervisors. But one more thing. Yes, at times they've raised our detail rate and the guys can go make a decent wage doing a detail. The city has been making... 10% off of our details every year. There's a revolving account, and the revolving account is supposed to be strictly set aside for the payment of details as the slips come in and the offices submit records. Methuen hasn't been doing that. They've been draining the revolving account every year to pay things into the general fund, right. which, you know, it's, it's not right. But, again, that's what they've been doing. Now... Um, talking about details, a couple of people had some questions about details, and I might as well take this opportunity. Details in the department, we as supervisors don't get first choice. The details are given out based on department seniority. So if there's a patrolman who's been in the department longer than I have, at the beginning of every month, he'll get the first call, regardless of rank. Now, when he gets that first detail, he might get four hours from that detail. He now goes to the bottom of the list, and everybody with zero hours goes ahead of him, and then it rotates like that, and it resets every month. Mm -hmm. So regardless of rank, that's how the details are given out. Supervisors do not make more on a detail. Everybody gets the same detail rate. And again, to be transparent, unless it's a detail where a supervisor is requested by the company in which he would get a small stipend for supervising that detail on site. What would you guys be happy with? And I keep coming, I, I keep coming back to this because I, I, I just think this this could be solved so easily yeah. with like a ten minute meeting with the mayor. Right. What could the mayor say to you that would make you just say, "Okay, let's just solve it"? Tom, we did that. There was an agreement in place. Right. The, the union settled it. The mayor agreed to it, and this council shot it down. Well, it was the previous council. You well, got new guys there now. You got a few new. And guys, so, right? and so, I'm I'm hoping. That hopefully through this discussion that we can spur getting this thing resolved, that. resolved somehow. Imagine if, if, if you right. were the guy. Right. Sabre McCarty would be, they'd be suicidal. You'd find them hanging in their closet at home. Um, but, but, but I would love to be able to do that because, I mean, basically that's what I do anyway, right? There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. And I'm usually the guy that says, okay, well, I know this side and I'm friends with them, like Diana DeZoglio, and I'm friends with Jim Lyons. Maybe we'll try and make this work out. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I would love to know, like, what it is that I could say to Neil Perry when he comes on or when he calls me later and says, you know, uh, you know what did they say? What's going on? Uh, if I could say to him, look, if, if you were willing to do this, they'd be willing to do that and they'd, they'd be willing to settle. Well, and I, I had this discussion with Mayor Perry. And I told him the same thing I'll tell you. You know, it, it gets to a certain point where it's not about the money. And for my members, it's not about the money. Right now, it's about the integrity of the process and people being honest and people being transparent. And if the only way we can do that, if the only way we can make sure that everybody knows the truth, if everybody understands, if everybody is going to be transparent, is to just lay it out in arbitration and just show everything because mm -hmm. up to this point the city hasn't been doing that but as jerry did say we did come to an agreement last year we we were very 
confident that was going to resolve the issue. We thought it was on par, as I, as I just showed you recently in disclosure, the other unions, it would have been on par with the other unions. And we thought it was more than fair, even if you looked back at the last 12 years where I said we got five zeros. Uh, the presentation that I did with the city council at the time, I tried to show them that even at the end of the MOU, even at the year three of the MOU, the last 12 years would have been under a 3% raise on that time period. It would have been, I think, 2.83 over 12 years. So we thought it was more than reasonable. The city didn't think so. And then went on a, uh, some of the city councilors went on a campaign of just attacking us and attacking the chief and attacking the department. You know, I, let me just say, um, through all this, I, I will say I'm very proud of the uh, work that the superiors do, and obviously I'm biased, but I'm also very proud of the work that the patrolmen do in our department. I think under Chief Solomon, we provide a service, a level of service to the community that is just amazing, especially when you look at the fact that the budget over the last three years has decreased $2.8 million. And crime is going up. There's no question about that in Methuen. Crime is going up, especially in the island. Well, it's constant. I think things are getting more dangerous, but like I said, I, we're... Confident that we have the, the patrol officers that are going to be able to handle that and the superior officers to provide that leadership and supervision. And, you know, very proud of the organization that we work in. And people talk about the morale and this. Some of my best friends are patrol officers. Uh, I know Joe feels the same way. We've, we've known these people. I mean, this is a tight-knit community that we've known these guys and, and women for, you know, 26, 27 years. Some of my members, 30 years. Joe, Tom, how, how, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Tom. No. You had mentioned earlier about as far as the layoffs and, and whatnot. Correct? Right. Like, what if you win arbitration, it, it, the city exactly. doesn't have the money, they're going to lay just, people off. That doesn't help anybody. I just want to give you a historical aspect on that. I believe it was back in the springtime, right after the MOU was eventually shot down, the, and I believe there was layoff notices that went out. The layoff notices were re recalled. The mayor came around at the time, went into the department, roll call to roll call, spoke to the men and women of the police department supervisors, patrolmen, all together in a room, and basically said that he had put forward a budget with the MOU that was affordable, number one, and sustainable for the future, because that's a big thing, the sustainability of paying out this money. And that's what we were told at the time by the city. So there was, there was a plan in place. It was just eventually taken away. How about, I know at one point there was an, I, and I don't remember who, who did it, but I remember doing my multiple conversations on the phones with people that there was a, uh, an idea floated not long ago about how about we settle this by extending your contract three more years and doing zero, zero, and zero to even out what, it, what, is it, what was in the MOU and sticking with the MOU numbers. That was a presentation that Sean Cronin from uh, Department of Revenue proposed. And it wasn't three zeros. He actually said he looked at the math. You know, again, we were attacked even with the MOU with false numbers. Some of the counselors were saying the MOU was for 25%. Some were saying it was for 35%. When I sat down with uh, Sean Cronin from the DOR, he said he did the math, and it was for him 17 to 18%. I agreed with him. I thought it was 17 to 18% over three years, which I thought, again, knowing what the other unions got, I thought that was in line, knowing what we've received over the last 10 years. He was looking for concessions if we'd be willing to take another zero or two zeros at the end of that. I said that was something we'd be more than willing to take a look at. I would have to go back and take a look at the math from the other bargaining units to see what the comparables would be. Like Jerry says, we take a look at. That was something we were willing to take a look at, but it never got to that point. Is, but we have a new mayor now, a new council, is something you're willing to look at now? Because I'm sure Mayor Perry's watching this, right? right. And I'm sure he's taking notes because he takes notes about everything, right? And I'm sure he's sitting there watching this thinking, 
how can how can I as the new mayor find a way to just get this done and get it off our plate? Right. And so I'm trying to throw out as many ideas as I can to try and help you guys do that right. because it hurts me as somebody who comes from a police family when when cops in Methuen are being disparaged. I actually saw one of your officers, a female officer, Sean Lawrence Street, about three or four weeks ago. She pulled over a guy, and it, right as soon as he rolled down his window, he's he's like, "Oh, what are you what are you bucking for more overtime? What four hundred ninety thousand isn't enough for you?" And this was a patrolman. Right. right. So I see the way you guys are getting slammed publicly. I see the lack of morale in the city toward the police department, and it breaks my heart because, while again, while cowards like me are running away from the gunfire, you guys are running toward it. And while cowards like me are running out of the fire, uh, fire in a building, you guys are running in to help people. Yeah. And it just breaks my heart that, that there's such a negative connotation toward all the police department in Methuen because of the politics. Of well, this. again, I, I would say... You know, ask people once again, please be patient. If, you, if you're a police supporter or if you're a union supporter, you know, just be patient. And please just let the facts be presented during arbitration if that's what it's going to take. But as far as, you know, if you have worse comments, questions and you want to ask us, feel free to ask us. We're, we're used to that. No, We've been doing this. I, I have to tell you, for all the keyboard warriors yeah. that are out there on the sound off every day kicking the shit out of you guys, I posted yesterday on their page and on my page, if you have any legitimate questions for the Methuen Police Superior Officers Union, now is the time. Not one legitimate question. Yeah. We did have a question about hands-free driving, if, if, right. the, if the police are exempt from hands-free driving, if you want to answer that. Yeah. But there was no legitimate question about the contracts, about the MOU, about yeah. the money, about the arbitration. And it's amazing because they all have something to say when you guys aren't sitting here. Yeah. And they all have something to say when there isn't going to be a real answer. You know, they all want to push their little narrative, but then when they get the opportunity, you get crickets. Well, again, I would say, you know, to go back to that one part for a second, we have the support of our families. We have the support of our brother and sister officers. We have the support of the NPB, NEPBA with Jerry. And really, that's been our backbone over the last couple of years because we have been getting attacked. Tony, you know, it's almost, you know, this isn't anything different than... Uh, hold on, are we like, offline? Okay, sorry, go ahead. You know, this isn't anything different than what police officers throughout the country are going through. I mean, there's a... There's a belief that you have to hate the cops, the cops are your enemy. And that's, you know, we see what's happening in New York City. Guys sitting in their crews are getting assassinated. Well, they're not doing that in Methuen, but they're assassinating them in the paper with lies, innuendo, attacking their families. It's, it's ridiculous. And, and it's all predicated on elected officials in this town or the city that are, are fueling the fire. Right. I mean, you had the chief negotiator work out a deal. Should have been, hey, we got a deal. We got a deal. They they have worked. They have done their due diligence. Looked at it. Saw what they what they thought that would be a good deal for everybody. The mayor thought everybody would have a good deal, and, and we here we are. Now you're talking about the new mayor. He's in a Bob Kraft situation right now. You know, he, you want to keep Brady, but can you afford to pay him? Right. Unfortunately for for him, and everybody tells me he's a great guy, and I'm I'm hoping we're gonna have a conversation with maybe resolve this tomorrow. I don't know, but the point is you can't have people attacking your police department. Like you just said, patrolman pulls them over. You're making four hundred and something thousand. What a ridiculous amount they were talking about. But the point is, this mayor has an opportunity. It's probably a short window because you know it's gonna it's gonna be moving forward. And you know I I I, I not challenge, but I I appreciate him to sit down with us and and to negotiate something in good faith that we could resolve. But I mean, you can't do that when you have people on that city council who are calling people criminals. Right. Right. He was here last uh, two weeks ago and he said that uh, he had met with you guys 
um, to see if you guys could get to you know some kind of a negotiation. And then when that story hit, the Sabre Fed story to the Tribune hit, uh, you guys said, you know, we're done. Um, can we reverse that? Is, well, is you know, again, I think he's somewhat handcuffed by having to present something to city council. Now, right. I can negotiate with him, and obviously he has no conflicts of interest, so it's, it's no issue there. I don't know whether or not he'd be able to get anything passed with the council with this uh, spewing the hatred that's been spewed over the last two years. We're more than comfortable presenting our case in arbitration. We're looking forward to that. Again, you know, to try and get some of these untruths out there, such as the zero, two, and two. You know, we have letters from ethics that are Attorney D'Agostino sent to the city council. They know the truth about the ethics commission. They know the truth about the IG's office. They just don't want to tell the public about it. We're more than happy to present that case. So whether or not we could sit down, listen, we're always willing to sit down. We're always willing to try and work something out. I just don't know if he's going to be able to get something passed through the city council with the way that things have been going. So you guys couldn't give me a number. I asked you a number of times to give me a number, and you couldn't, and that's fine because I understand why. Can you give, me, can you give people a percentage? Now, I mean, you say your, your base pay is about 107000 uh, what would you accept percentage-wise for for an increase in pay going forward if if the well, mayor, mean, if the mayor was willing to sit down with you? Guys? Yeah, I'll talk to you about the MOU, the agreement that Jerry said we already came to with the city, and that was a eighteen percent somewhere. But again, you know, it was Mark's question. It depends on the person, but it's somewhere between on average of seventeen eighteen percent for the union, which is over three years. Over three years, so you're right. talking six six and six. And as other unions got compensated in the past for taking zeros, that's what we were looking to get compensated for taking zeros. We were willing to try and extend that contract because if the city had any issues, we were willing to work with them. But that's what that MOU was presented as. And, and again, that was agreed upon with Department of Revenue, Sean Cronin. So if, if people want a number, there were a percentage, there's, there's a number of percentage. Uh, any final thoughts? We're nearing toward the end of the show. I mean, we can go longer if you have more to say. Um, but I, 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 I just wish that this could get resolved. I wish that we could get this off the plate so that the new mayor could move forward with you know, his other initiatives that are obviously important, so that the police department could move forward just doing your job and not having to listen to this crap in the newspaper every day. Um, Tommy, just let me uh, chime in here for a second on you know, this, uh, what they do when they go to arbitration. You show an arbitrator what is communities of like interest, whether that's uh, like you couldn't you couldn't probably use Lawrence because they'd have no tax base. But you could use, um, for instance, uh, Newburyport. I negotiated their contract a year ago, or maybe a couple of years ago, and we were at an impasse. That mayor came into the came into the uh, negotiations. She sat down, and we worked out an agreement within a half hour. And this is after her team was adamant about not doing it, blah, blah, blah. And that was like close to a 25% period over three years. So they're on, they're on par for what they should be getting. Actually, they're taking a, a discount. They're giving a hometown discount to, their, you know, to where other communities are. And again, let's get back to the other thing where for years they weren't being compensated and they should have been compensated for the, the, the Quindle, which there's already been litigation that we've won all over the place with that. So... Just so, before we go, I've got to ask this. I mean, I'm promising myself I wasn't going to do it, but it just needs to be. Did you run over Steve Saber's puppy one day? Did you cut him in line <laughs> at Dunkin' Donuts? Like, I don't understand. Like, I get that there are going to be people who don't like cops in general. I can get that there might be people who might have a personal beef. But why the animosity and the angst among just these two counselors, uh, or three now, these three counselors against you guys and not, not being willing to accept the MOU, not being willing to, to accept anything 
um, being, you know, the vote of no, no matter what. Uh, did something happen? I mean, is there something we need to know? Did you did you cut him in line at Dunkin' Donuts one did day? You did you? Donuts? No, I didn't. Did you refuse to hire his kid or something? Like, what happened? Well, like, wh- where is this coming from? You guys must have an idea. I, no, I, go ahead. You no, want to I, sh- I, I <laughs> personally, I can say I have a respectful relationship with the councils. I see him at the council meetings, and uh, so I don't know if Greg did something. Is okay. no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, well, yeah, you know. Like Joe says, we try and have a respectful relationship with all the city councilors. We've been in the community for 26 years. We've worked with many city councilors. We've worked with many mayors. You know, each one can have some differences. We we try and have differences and try and work them out. Nobody's always going to have their way each time. But we also encounter people that just don't like police officers or don't like unions, and that happens occasionally. Now, you know... Listen, sometimes I've bumped into people and they said, hey, I hate police. Why do you hate police? Well, I got a ticket. It could be something as simple as that mm-hmm. or it could be something more extravagant. You Nobody calls know. the police and say, look how great me and my wife are getting along today, right? No, they, no. They, they always Jerry, call Jerry when there's something wrong. <laughs> Jerry will tell you, I, you know, police are easy targets because right. we do have those interactions with the public where mm-hmm. we have to enforce the law. And, and that's a role that we've taken knowing that. We're always willing to sit down. We're always willing to sit down and try and have a discussion. What bothers me, though, the most is when somebody will not sit down with us because really that conversation could solve so many problems. A, a five-minute conversation might be able to bridge a relationship and work past a lot of the issues that somebody might might have about us. And um, so we would invite anybody that wants to sit down with us, feel free, don't feel intimidated, come in and have a seat. I think what I was hoping for today was, and I asked it probably five different ways, is how do we get you guys to solve this? What would you guys accept? What would be acceptable on your part, and I think the people at home still haven't heard an answer to that, which I think really doesn't no, I mean, doesn't it, I, help anybody. I, yeah, and I'm not trying to be difficult, but just to sum it up again, you know, at this point, with all the hatred and the, and the falsehoods that have been displayed over the last two years, it's really, it's more about the integrity. It's, it's more about trying to restore our good name and say, hey, this is actually what happened, and I'm hoping that we're able to present that in arbitration, and everybody gets to see it, and then make your determination on how you feel about the police. So, I mean, this has turned into not such much, so much as an economic one, but seriously, this is about guys who are getting no respect by their elected officials, not by people who are in the community, but by their elected officials who are, you know, slandering them, you know, calling them criminals. I mean, what community does that? Who does that? You know, either you have a personal hatred for police officers or there's something seriously wrong with you. I'm going with number two actually on that one. <laughs> so with, with that being said, you know, all they're looking for is respectability. Right? I think what Greg pointed out to you a few minutes ago, you know, we talked 17, 18% depending on what it was. Right? Those are numbers on off the chart, especially where they've already set up the patent of wages already. And that was three years ago. Now they're saying, okay, give us three zeros and you can, we'll give you this for the next time. Well, so what? They get no pay raises for three years? Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't make any sense. Well, the way sense. the public would be looking at it is you're getting 18% over the these three years, and then you're going to get zero for the next three, and then it averages out down to whatever they wanted it right, to be. Right. No, I, and I get that. And, I, and trust me, I try and be as empathetic as possible and put myself in other people's shoes. But you have to look at the whole history. When, when people have a question like that, well, it's 18 over three years. Yes, okay, but... Do you want to talk about the last 10 years where you asked me to take zeros and you told me when the economy was a little bit better that we'd address that issue? And now that I'm here trying to address it with you, you're telling me we'll take, it on, take another three zeros. You know, at some point, there has to be some fairness to the, to the process. 
And that's all we're asking for. Yeah. Any final words, Joe? No, the Tom, um, as far as the contract, or I'm sorry, when we've, ha- you're saying, can you get back into the room with the mayor? We tried to do that with the pr- prior administration through his representatives. And at one point, uh, the, the discussion, and it, and it went nowhere, was to possibly get my, and I'm going to give you my personal feeling on this. Let's get one of the counts, and it came up though, it came up uh, during our discussions. Let's get one, two, three councils in the room with us. But again, that's, we, we do, our agreements are with the mayor. We, that's up to the mayor if that's allowable or not. Um, and that, that had come up, even with, with their representation. Uh, for us to go into a room with Mayor Perry, we would love to do that uh, before arbitration. Uh, like, as everyone has mentioned, let's do it up until the day that, you know, even if it's the 12th hour before we have to walk in that door for arbitration. But the fact of the matter is, is what chances does it have of passing the council? Maybe getting a council or two in the room might help. Uh, so we could show them. Everything. So they're not, you know, if some of the councils think that something just doesn't look right or whatever, here's the facts, here's the documentation. It's all going to be out there during arbitration. Right. Take a look at it. It's your, it, it's your paperwork just as well as it is ours. It's, it's been presented. It, it was, um, you know, obviously it's there through discovery and it's going to be presented at arbitration. So that's a, maybe a way of going, but um, that's completely up to the mayor because, you know, the past mayor was up to the past mayor and, and it would be up to Mayor Perry and I don't want to tell the mayor how to do his job. So, you know, Tommy, um, there's two or three counselors that obviously have a severe hatred for, for these men right. and women. Um, but that gives you sex. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. So it's it's really it's really incumbent upon the others, the other six, to go and say, "Hey, listen, I don't want, I'm not want to follow. I want to lead. Let me see what you got, so that I can confront if I'm on the council and I got this guy yelling and swearing about this." And I'm like, "Well, these, that's not factual." This is a fax. And you know what? Those six people who aren't haters should be doing their homework, not just following along to get along. Right. And I think if that happens, I think this thing could be resolved in a relatively short time. So you guys would be willing to sit down with the mayor and a couple of the councils, not the haters, but maybe a couple of the other councils of the other sex, um, to try and make this work all the way up until like the minute of arbitration sure. is what I'm hearing. Yeah, sure. Which is a good sign. I think that, I think we've gotten more, t- you know, today than we've gotten. So I mean, you know, I've been to hundreds of arbitrations. All right, um, nobody wins. All right, it's a you know, you get half the, the, the they they all want to be an arbitrator, so they right. try to take care of the arbitrator. You know, splits the baby. Right. All right. But they always say if if both sides are unhappy, then the arbitrator does yeah, his job exactly. Right? Exactly. But um, you know, in a case like this, and the the, the evidence that I've seen here. I think it's be incumbent upon those six to come have a sit down with the mayor and these guys and try to come to a resolution before this gets there. Um, before I go, um, I still don't understand how you guys allowed a city council to call you guys criminals and not brought them to court. I, I, again, I would have been in court the next day. I would have had a lawyer and I would have been in court. Let me just say this, Literally the Stand next by. Day. Okay. All right. We're paying attention. Fair <laughs> enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. I like much. that. I like it too. All right. Any final words? We're going we're gonna to head out and uh, we want to thank Ed. By the way, we're losing Ed. Why? Ed, my fine producer, he just he can't stand me being with me anymore. He oh. just decided to leave. No, like, I, I don't think it's you specifically. Oh, no. You hate Dave. No. No, you don't hate I, I'm not a hater. No, okay. There's a lot of haters out there, as we learned today. Yes. I'm, I'm not one of them. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, any, any final thoughts? What, you know, what, 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 the people at home, what do you want them to come away? They're not going to remember everything that was said today. What's the one thing you want them to, to think about and remember as, they, as they're signing off? I think you just, you've listened to the, uh, the eloquent 
speaking of uh, both of these gentlemen, uh, they, they have a dedication that is enormous to their members. Uh, this is a great department, not a good department. It's a great department. I agree with that. And I'll tell you, um, from my own personal perspective, um, I've known this uh, chief for a long time, and uh, I, I've dealt with a lot of uh, chiefs over the years, some I've had great relationships with, some I've had horrible relationships with. He is one of the most stand-up guys that I know, and as always, I've uh, been willing to work with the union. I've gone in. I've gone into his office and sat down with these guys and other on other issues, and he's willing to listen. And I think that the mayor would be well dressed if he did the same thing and listened to these guys and sat down and, and tried to do something along with those six other councils. We're going to see you at the bash this year. You'll see me at the best. Excellent. <laughs> Joe, last final words. What do, you, what do you want people to remember as they're signing out? As they're signing out, just that, um, you know, again, we're, we're open to listening to anything at this point. But, again, it looks like we're going to arbitration. But at all points of time, we've always had an eye out for our members to try to get the best, obviously. Because some of these questions have come up on our Facebook page and whatnot. And we've always done the best we could to get salaries, benefits for our members. But also, we have a vested interest in the city of Methuen. And at, any po at all points in times, we just want to make sure that hopefully this gets resolved for the benefit of our members and also for the residents of Methuen. Greg? Yeah, I, just as I said, if, if you're a police supporter, if you're a union supporter, if you believe in unions and police offices, as I have for the last 30 years plus, just give us the benefit of the doubt. Just please be patient. And for the people that have shown support for us, you know, we, we appreciate it so, so much. The, the community, I know you see these negative comments on I Facebook. I do. I see it a lot. Well, there's another 49,950 residents in the city of Methuen who really want, have us in their hearts and, and keep an eye on us, and we appreciate their support. And every I do want to I do want to say us. one thing before we go, and then I do have to thank the sponsors. Um, and that is, you know, I I hear people who are uneducated who don't understand what the how police work say that the the superior officers they sit behind a desk. And I know from being out on the scene, being at shooting scenes, being at fire scenes, you guys had a, uh, a guy who had, 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 uh, was barricaded himself in with a hostage. Uh, I get to the scene and the superior officers are there. They're on the scene. They're the ones calling the shots. And I want people to understand that, uh, and I know uh, Joyce Campignon made a comment one night too, uh, God bless her, but she was just wrong, that you know, the, 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 the superior officers just sit behind a desk. They, they're shuffling paperwork. That's what they do. And I want people at home to know that's actually not the case at Thank all. Thank you. Appreciate Thank that. You. So I wanted, you don't tell me on that same vein, you know, um, when a patrolman, and I'm not saying this department, but a patrolman in any department gets sued, the superior officer gets sued, sued as well because he didn't properly, wasn't properly supervised, trained and supervised. Right. So, right. you know, it's a, it's a catch-22. Yeah, he's sitting behind the desk, you know, doing policy, doing a lot of other things that make sure that that department is run right. Right. I want to thank uh, McLennan Real Estate, uh, Matt McLennan and Janet McLennan. They're wonderful people. And Sam, we don't want to forget Sam. He's now part of the, he's part of the hierarchy. Don't now. forget. Don't can't forget Sam. AFC Urgent Care. We love Lisa Williams. I think she's going to be with us at the bash this year. I think she's picking up a scholarship for us. Marku Towing. The, the kid needs money. Right, he's having a hard time. Maku Towing, there's so many towing companies in Lawrence and Methuen. Uh, so if you uh, if you need to have your car towed for whatever reason, please give Maku Towing a call. Marseille and Son Construction. Uh, if you have a, a, a you want to build a deck, you have problems with your roof, call Ronnie Marseille and Son uh, Construction. They will take care of you and tell them you're a fan of the show, and he'll probably give you a discount. 
Uh, he didn't approve that, but I'm just going to say that anyway. <laughs> Climate Design Systems. We love our, our friend Nina at Climate Design Systems, who will also be at the bash this year. Uh, the Police Superior Officers Union, who's actually here today, which is great. Uh, I appreciate you guys giving us the exclusive on this. Horizon Home Care. Borelli's Deli. I'm going there for my meats right after this. I'm going to go pick up some ham. Um, and uh, and who else do we have left? Uh, I think JG's Ice Cream's coming on board with us in the next couple of weeks. They were here for some so, of the debates. Yeah, they debates. were for the debates. So I think they're going to be coming back. So let's give them I, a free plug. They're, their graphic makes me hungry. I, it, it does. It makes yeah. me too. So Jerry Flynn from the Police Benevolent Association, Joe Aiello, Vice President of the Bunthuan Police Superior Officers Union, Greg Gallant, President of the Police Superior Officers Union. Thank you guys for coming. I hope you guys will come back, and I'd love to have you back with Neil Perry someday. That sounds That'd good. Great. great. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Melvin Taylor thank says thank we got to go home, so go home already. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.